This is Tamarindo Podcast. I'm Brenda Gonzalez. And I'm Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx Podcast where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Tamarindo. Hello, everyone. What's up? What's up? So, Ana Sheila, I'm going to start us off with our Que Pasa. I just got back from Guadalajara. I went for a super quick weekend. And this is a podcast, so you can't see. But Ana Sheila, can you see my arm? Yes. And I didn't want to ask anything. I was waiting for you to, to let me know what happened. <laughs> it looks like you got so attacked. Both of my arms <laughs> and my back are covered in bug bites because... I love Guadalajara. It was amazing, but the bugs are the ones that loved me the most of Guadalajara. But uh, besides... It's because you're new, you know? They're like, ooh, yeah, they're like, ooh who's fresh this meat? Delicious. Yeah, esos ojitos, you know? Be besides los pinche moscos that ate me in Guadalajara, I was there for a super quick weekend. I just want to give you all this quick highlight. It was amazing. It was super clean, colonial, amazing things to do, great art, great people. I loved it. One experience that my friend and I had, we were having lunch and this woman knew that we were American because our Spanish is, you know, not as great as it once was. And she's like, oh, are you all from Los Angeles? And we said, yes. And like, are you close to downtown? Yeah, we're pretty close to that town. Oh, downtown. Está muy feo y huele a pipí. It's not even half as bad as any of the ugliest parts of Guadalajara. And she's absolutely Absolutely right. I was going on this trip and as uh, usual, is it, is it safe? Cuídate, blah, blah, blah. The usual shit that people tell you when you're going to Mexico. And guess what? Downtown LA has a worse reputation where this woman had to go out of her way and say, wow, vives junto a downtown LA? Huele a pipi. So, <laughs> uh, so that's my quick que pasa. What about you, Ana Sheila? What, have, what has been keeping you busy since we last got together in the studio? Let's see. So I'm really excited. I'm working on a cool event. I'm just going to tease just a little bit right now. I'm working with Latinas Who Brunch Ooh. and Teatro Luna, which is an all-female theater company. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we're working on a special event based on yeah, Matraca. I'm going to give yes. myself a Matraca. I've got matraca duty today, yeah, which is very important, <laughs> you know? So what's, what's it going to be? It's a, it's a storytelling workshop it's gonna coming up? It's going to be a storytelling up? workshop, and we're still kind of defining all the details just in the middle of it. But um, we're coming really soon. It's coming soon, and it's it's based on the amazing experience that I had taking a storytelling class with Christina I can't say your last name. Igara Ibides. Igara Ibides. Okay, you go for it. How do you say it, Brenda? I have no idea. Igara Ibides. Christina will have to let She helps run Teatro Luna, and she did a storytelling class for me, and I absolutely loved it. I found it very healing, very liberating, very fun. And I think we both agree that it's really important for us to be empowering ourselves to tell more of our stories, especially when then so many people are trying to tell our stories and can't do so authentically. So that's part of like what's behind this vision with this workshop. Cough, so. cough, American dirt. Cough, cough. Yes, I <laughs> that love wasn't it. clear. <laughs> Nuestras historias. Nuestras historias. Awesome. I love yes. it. Okay, let's get right into our podcast. What binds the U.S. and Mexico together is much bigger than what divides us, except perhaps when it comes to taco shells and border walls. Our friends Daniela from Mexico City and Victoria from New York have created En Nuestra Esquina, a new podcast that discusses politics, culture, race, and even food in an explosive match featuring gringos and mexas from both sides of the border. And this is an Espanol podcast, and so if you want to practice your Spanish, 
I recommend this podcast. Yes, and in each episode, or should we say wrestling match, Victoria and Daniela find the common ground shared by Mexicans and Americans and smack down stereotypes on all things Latino. Listen to En Nuestra Esquina, a podcast from both sides of the border on Spotify, iTunes, and enjoy the main event until the bell rings. Hey, y'all. It's February, and it's about that time we may start to forget about the wonderful intentions we have set for 2020 and instead let those negative self-talk or mental trampas creep in. On today's episode, we're going to tell you how you can say, y fuera, y fuera, y fuera, to all those mental trampas so you can bring out your inner cabrona but also to keep that cabrona in check because you don't want her to be too much of a cabrona. We're going to define some of the common mental trampas, give you some examples on how they show up in our lives and share some real solutions that have worked for us. It's all still a work in progress, but we want to bring you in with us as we work on these too. So let's get started. Ana Sheila, why is it important to tackle these Mind trampas. So mind trampas are negative thought patterns that many of us fall into but don't recognize. What they can lead to is a host of issues from fear, shame, guilt, resentment, procrastination, but then eventually to very serious issues like anxiety or depression. So it's really important that we start to be more mindful of when we catch ourselves in these thought patterns so that we can recognize and then break out of them. So the overarching tool that we want to use for this is mindfulness. And and I know mindfulness gets thrown out a lot. So I want to give a quick definition. It's basically the practice of paying attention to the present and what's happening without judgment. So that's what mindfulness is. And that's what we want to, that's the big overarching tool. But then we have some more, you know, specific tools that we can use as we go through these. So yeah, we have a few mental trampas that we want to present to Mm y'all and see if maybe you know which ones you actually are doing already and which ones you might need to work on yeah help us define them you know find them first right identify them so the first one i'm gonna get started is overly negative self-talk so what this is well so studies show that we tend to be drawn to having negative thoughts to protect ourselves to evade danger interesting and so an example of this might be you had an event right and so for example brenda you and i have thrown a few events on behalf of Tamarindo, right? And so what can happen and what I've caught myself doing is that, you know, we finish the event and then we're reflecting on the event and you focus on more of the negative things rather than the positive things, right? So what we want to do is you want to identify both areas of improvement, but make sure that you're also identifying all the things that went well. I love that. Yes, this totally reminds me when we did our last event, like, hey, sometimes it's good to just pause and celebrate the positives. And of course, it's always good to have feedback and look on how to improve. But I love what what you're saying that sometimes we're too quick to jump into just the what could what we could have done better. So for me, what I've seen in the past and what I've worked on is, you know, I would have things that I did and I would focus too much on the on so much on the negative aspects of it that I would not want to do what I did again right? Because I was only focusing on the negative. So starting to make sure that you have that balance of negative and positive, because you're almost always, you're going to find something positive from anything that you do, right? Pretty much every, every time you do something, right? Yeah. So what can you do? The first thing you can do is acknowledge that our brain works that way, right? We, we generally tend to skew a little bit negative. So you can practice thinking of these thoughts as just fleeting moments or events that are happening and not facts because a lot of they're full of judgment and oftentimes not actual true factual observations so really focusing on what is actually true and then also when for example when with events like like the ones that we've hosted is 
when every time you say something like focus on an area of improvement, not so much making it negative, like next time, this is something that we can do. And then making sure you also balance that with something positive. So this happened and this happened so that you really give equal weight to both like the areas of improvement. We don't even want to think of it as negative, maybe areas of improvement, but also like positive things that happened during the event. I love that. Have you ever heard of the Oreo for feedback? Mm -mm. So the Oreo for feedback. So you have an Oreo and you know, there's the cookie on the top, the cream in the middle and the cookie at the bottom. So I've seen this tool before when you, when you are debriefing from an event to do a positive constructive and then another positive and to sandwich sandwich the critique or the areas of improvement with two positive things i love that that's a possible so if you all want to do the oreo the trick that's another i love that tool for you yeah (laughs) to include and then one last tool when you're being overly negative and we've talked about this a little bit before focusing on affirmations which we've talked about a little bit and we can make sure we include some resources on how to build affirmations yeah yeah and i want also underscore going back because i I'm learning as you're telling me this. I do think it's so good to just remind ourselves that when we do this negative self-talk, it is full of judgment and not factual. So I see that the problem with this negative talk could be that you keep telling you yourself these stories and then you think it's fact when right. it's not a, a fact necessarily. So put those self-talk in check. Esa es una trampa. No te Esa es una trampa. Fuera. <laughs> Fuera. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I have another one for, for our listeners. Another trampa, which is righteousness or perfectionism. So righteousness, it's a little bit like what you gave a basura to in our last episode, this idea of like the wokeness, like to when, when so many of us are maybe catching on to this woke feeling. We think we're so self-righteous and our way is the only right way. In fact, um, some of our favorite Latinx Twitter followers like to have invented a word called wokoso. I love it. <laughs> Wokosos, when we're being a little too in your face about what we presume to be like the right way. This is an example of righteousness. And, and that's not really always a good thing because it's, it makes you, I mean, it's like, I don't know if it's ever, ever a good thing to be too self-righteous. Um, and the problem with that is that you feel like you're a know-it-all and you, um, you have this pressure to always be and do everything perfectly. So the effects of this is that you start to feel as if you are better than other people and start to feel resentment for people not getting it like you get it. Te crees el muy muy is the, mm-hmm. pro- the problem that could happen with this. And it creates too much pride and defensive. So then when somebody is trying to give you a help, some helpful feedback, you might jump to defensiveness instead of like maybe acknowledging that helpful feedback. And you won't want to admit that you're at fault. Can you tell me a little bit about this fear of procrastination, how that can be an effect of righteousness? Yeah, I think it's, it's it's a little bit for me, it's more related to like perfection, I guess, perfectionism. But yeah, it's just wanting to be so perfect that you put off working on something because you're scared that it won't be as great or as perfect as you think that it should be. Mm, So do you have an example? Uh, Maybe I've not that exactly, but any of what we just talked about. I mean, yeah, I definitely have both. I procrastinated on doing things because I had such a high level of like what something should be that I should put out that I like held back on working on something because I was fearful of not reaching that high standard that I set for myself. So it's like, I could have probably done better had I just started earlier. And then in terms of also related to perfectionism, yeah, I've noticed myself just not having in the past being able to own up to my own faults. I was like defensive of like wanting to appear or be perfect. 
and I've worked on that. And it's, for example, I, I really have a terrible sense of, oh, I don't want to say terrible, but not a great sense of direction. Okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes I do forget like where I where did I, where I, I, I might have seen this evidence of this. <laughs> <laughs> where did I park? And, you know, I used to be really fearful of people like finding that out about me. You know, it's cause like, I, w- I wanted everyone to think that I was like good at everything. And we're not, no one is good at everything. And the other day kind of experienced a little bit of that. Diff- I was like, Oh shoot. Like this person found out that I'm like, don't have a great sense of direction. And I was just like, you know what? Like, let it go. Whatever. Like own that shit. Okay. No, no, I don't know where I'm going all the time, you know? And it was so liberating. That's awesome to give yourself the permission to be like, that's just part of my character. Right. It's like we all have things that we're not great at and that's totally fine. So one of the things that you can do when you find yourselves in either feeling, you know, too righteous and trying to always do the what you think is the right thing. Or if you find yourself being in, in this perfectionist uh, mode is first thing is just owning your own faults. Like no one is perfect. And anyone that is expecting you to be perfect probably has to deal with some things themselves, you know. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is just really practicing compassion and humility, both for yourself and and others and and really trying to see things from a different perspective. I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell us about one other trampa, blaming. So yeah, blaming. So this is basically holding ourselves responsible for others' pain or holding others responsible for something that's going on in, in our lives. And what can happen there is you can start to feel resentment or codependence on whoever is involved in this issue. So it could be that maybe something that you had always wanted to do didn't work out or your like parents um, raise you in a certain way that didn't allow you to you know achieve your dreams. And what happens is a lot of times we keep blaming our parents or whoever it was that held us back from achieving what we wanted. And we stay stuck stuck in that. And in staying stuck and thinking about somebody else's role in that doesn't allow us to fully liberate ourselves in order to, to actually change that reality. Right. Yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, and that's not to say that we all know that the way trauma or things that your parents may or may not have done for you or to you, of course, there's effects to that. hundred percent. hundred percent. And we're, we're not saying that. What we're saying is that, that often if we're really focused on, on the blame or seeing how other others have played a role in the way you're behaving could make us be blind to the parts where we can have control or where we do have ownership. Is that what that means, really? Yeah, exactly. That, you know, ultimately we can't depend on other people being able to fix what is true for us now right so then all we can do is focus on what we can do to change that that reality all right moving along to making assumptions or mind reading. Oh, I think I'm guilty of this one. So this is uh, assuming you know what other people are thinking, what is driving them without conclusive evidence. Yes. So you, you, that I could totally see how that is a trap that we might fall into, a trampa that I can fall into or that others can fall into. So the effects of doing this is that you can self-sabotage relationships and create disharmony because you're telling yourself, what you think someone might be thinking without getting the true story behind that. And uh, it's just heavy to always be trying to be a mind reader and you might be wrong. (laughs) So it could lead to anxiety and depression. So Anna Shayla, do you have an example of how this shows up in your life? Yeah. So in a previous relationship, I definitely, there was a lot of trauma that resulted from a previous relationship. And so that went into a more recent relationship and I caught myself, you know, assuming what I thought my girlfriend was thinking that was often rooted in fear and mistrust that came from the previous relationship. And most of the time I was absolutely wrong. And, you know, I was so grateful that my partner was, you know, patient and compassionate with me, but I noticed that 
every time that I was doing this, like there was nothing helpful that was happening from me creating these stories in my mind and these assumptions. And so I was creating all this heaviness and baggage that like were just totally wrong. And so once I started recognizing that I was doing this, I started to just let it go because it never produced anything helpful. And almost always I was wrong. (laughs) Yes. I 100% can relate to that. I mean, I think many of us in our early years might have had bad relationships or or specifically being cheated on. And so then when you, your next relationship, if maybe it's someone that would never do that to you or is treating you great, you might be in this constant fear because you felt that betrayal before. You might be looking for evidence for things that don't actually exist because you're mind reading right? or you're, you're projecting. So I could see how that's a big trap. So what can you do to avoid that trap is that you can notice when you have these thoughts, there is no reason for you to carry these heavy assumptions about people when you don't really know. It's just weighing you down. You should always try to keep your mind as light as possible. Whatever people are thinking or doing most often has nothing to do with you. Do your best to not take it personally. Yeah, I think that the lesson of not taking things personally has been really huge in my life. That most of the time, whatever people are doing has nothing to do with you. That's you a know? good reminder. And, and it's hard to be present in that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I read the four agreements. This is all sounding like the four yeah, agreements. Yeah, yeah, that definitely is the four. Don't make assumptions. It's definitely one of the four yeah. agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz. And for me, that that totally changed the way that I looked. I looked at, at life and a lot of things and my relationships with other people. Very helpful. For sure. Muy, muy importante. Okay, another trampa is the should-haves. The regrets that I should have done this, I should have done that. It has the results of making you feel shame and guilty. And it's just not a good thing to be constantly obsessing about the should haves. It creates a lot of feelings. And what can we do to avoid these feelings? And let me tell you that this one really stands out for me because I've done the strength finders. Have you done strength finders? And strategic showed up as a strength for me. And it was helpful because it made me realize that I'm always kind of like looking for the best path forward, but maybe it's a strength, but sometimes it could be not a strength because then I'm always obsessing like we should have done it this way or we should have done it that way. Like I can see all the various paths to get to the same end result and then we might get to the result, but then I'm obsessing for the, uh, over the different paths. So it's a constant trampa as you can tell. (laughs) So what can you do to avoid this? Or or has this shown up for you as well too? This, uh, the, the should haves. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I loved saying I should have done this. And, and, you know, and I realize every time I do that, again like there's nothing positive that comes from that it's almost like just making me kind of wallow in this like feeling of like uh like i soy bien pendeja like why did i you know like why did i, I love saying that why, que pendeja, que like, why did i do that and it's like i'm just like s- sitting in that feeling longer when it's like yes i we i already know that i made a mistake I think that just not even voicing that, just don't even, as soon as it's going to come out, just don't say it. And I've been working on that and it's very hard, but like, just don't even say it. Don't even say I should have, like, cause you know what you should have done. Right. So instead focus on what the lesson is. So instead of saying I should have switch it to, and, and this is a, a way that you can be more compassionate with yourself. Instead of saying I should have saying, if I'm in this situation again, I will do X, Y, and Z. So for me, like just reframing that that way, it already is less harsh and judgmental and negative on myself. That's so helpful. And yeah, so focusing on the lesson and not beating yourself up. So just and just practicing compassion and forgiveness because you're already feeling bad about what you feel like you should have done. So just being kind to yourself. And yeah, this whole thing reminds me of um, 
the previous wealth being company that you founded um, and this this idea of the golden rule for ourselves, treat yourself the way you treat others. Right. I love that throughout these examples, it's really about being compassionate with yourself. Right. And that when you're being compassionate with yourself, that's how you can protect yourself from these trampas that are telling you lies, right? Right. Exactly. You got it, Brenda. I got it. You Look got at me. it. She did a little shimmy. You guys missed it. Oh, you I all know. missed, you Ooh, all missed it. Oh, matraca. <laughs> oh yeah. Matraca. <laughs> so, uh, to summarize, why are, why are these important? Why should we have these in mind? Why are we reflecting on these trampas today? Mental trampas. A lot of times we're, we're not aware that we're even doing them. So I really wanted to call attention to these negative thought patterns that we're engaging in and not even aware of because they're really holding us back from being healthier and more effective in kind of how we move through through our daily life. And I think so many of us can relate to so many of these and can start to change how we react when we find ourselves in these negative thought patterns. Muy bien. We want you all to be free of trampas so that you can be the cabrona. La cabrona, cabrón, chingona, chingón, <laughs> whatever. Ching, ching, cabr- chinganex. Ca- cabrone. Cabrone. I love it. Love it. <laughs> And Sheila, have you heard of Fuchila Fresheners? Yup, you heard that correctly. It's Fuchila Fresheners, as in Fuchila, your feet smell, or Fuchila, your car smells like feet. It's the original, nostalgic, Chicano, Latinx car and roof fresheners for your everyday life. Like those little trees, but for the culture. Yes, and I love them. They have designers like Frida and Pancho Villa. Conchas are my personal favorite, Hot Cheetos. But they don't just stop at air fresheners. They bring the Fuchi with nostalgic collectibles such as pins, stickers, and even Panaderia style calendars. Oh my gosh, I love their stuff. Right now, Fuchila is offering a special promo for all Tamarindo listeners for 20% off your purchase with the code. Tamarindo 20. That is Tamarindo 20. You can purchase all your Fuchila Fresheners and gear at fuchilafresheners.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Fuchila Fresheners. Welcome to the Fuchila family. And just in case you don't know how to spell Fuchila, it's F U C H I L A. Fuchila Fresheners. All right. It's time for our matraca and basura. And actually, Ana Sheila, this time we have a combined basura, right? We do. We've been thinking about about this a lot. I mean, we've been thinking about it, but we know it's also a work in progress. Yes, 100%. Yes, we are both trying to break the habit of gendered terms. Um, One of the ways that it shows up a lot, and I'm sure all of you can relate to this, is, hey, guys. Guys, this. Guys. Well, I just did it a sec- like a few I didn't even notice. Earlier. That's how, yes. <laughs> that's how subtle it is. And, but um, here's some of the reasons why we think it's important to work on this. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read a, a little uh, excerpt here from an author named Zon Villenes, a journalist who writes about psychology and mental health. So this is from an article from um, Good Therapy which we will cite in the short show notes, but I'm going to read it for y'all. So the pervasiveness of gendered language. Gendered language is so common that it's difficult for some people to even notice it. From job postings to laws, words such as policeman, councilman, mankind, and fireman abound. This omnipresence of gendered language may be part of the problem. When people stop noticing gendered language, it's easier to think of male as the default. People do a double take when they see words such as policewoman 
woman or a police officer may be doing so because there's an incongruence between what their expectation of a police officer is, male, and the possibility of a woman filling the role. The more frequent gendered language occurs, the more likely it is that people develop male as the prototype for a particular role. This can affect a wide wide range of behaviors and lead to subtle biases. A company that posts a job seeking an ombudsman, for example, may envision a male in that role because of the use of gendered language. This can give women a slight disadvantage when they seek out the job because women applicants don't completely match the hiring manager's vision for a future employee. The person in charge of hiring may never even be aware of this subtle bias, but this doesn't mean it's not there. So that's one uh, reason why it's important that we think about non-gendered terms and and also the other reason that we've talked a lot about in, in many places is just because we're, we're realizing that there's more than the binary. It's not the male and the female, and we want to be more inclusive. So it's both of those reasons. But I did want to start with the default to male because we already know this is a man, a white man's world, right? Often that's the default. That's who we think about when we think about the podcasting space. It's a white man's world. When we think about, poly, you know, this is 2020 and the United States has never had a female president. And if you look at what's happening in the race right now, it's not going to be a female president likely, although you should still vote for Warren because she's still better. I'm going to go into a rant because it's, it is it is bothering me. So think about the office for president, right? If a computer was looking at all the resumes and you didn't know the gender of all these resumes, there is a resume which is the best resume. The best resume of all the people that are running for president Clearly, Elizabeth Warren, who created an entire bureau, who is a Harvard Law professor, who is the best one on resumes, she's not leading. And to me, and, and there's two, there's another candidate that is as progressive in terms of their philosophy, but if you resume to resume, the, the accomplishments aren't there, but this person is leading. And you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited. Bernie's leading. I believe the, 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 the values that he has I'm aligned with. So it's not a bad thing, but I'm also cognizant and aware that we have a gender bias problem. And one of the contributing factors is this gendered world. You think of president, even though it doesn't have a gender in it, your brain is thinking of a man you know? <laughs> or, a con- you know, congressman is thinking of a man. Yeah, these are all little things that feed to this. I all want you all to reflect on that and, and notice and recognize that there is a gender bias and, and we are all, we can feed into this as well. Just because you're a woman does not mean that you don't contribute to misogyny. Like if that was wrong, we would have had a woman president ages ago. So there is a gender bias. There is a problem. So one little thing that we can do, because we love here on Tamarindo, my Ana Sheila always reminds me that I get all these rants. We got to balance it with some solutions and something positive. One of the positive things that we could do is to be aware of gendered language and do our best to check it, replacing the the guys to y'all, for example. So those are one, you know, one of the reasons. What are what is one reason why you also wanted to co-sign this basura on gendered language? Yeah, well, in addition to what you've shared, is just that you don't know how people identify and, and people are finding more freedom to identify how they want to, and you should call people what they want to be called. And so, for example, for me, I don't love a lot of people use the word lady, you know, yeah. like, hey, lady. Yeah. Or, hey, and, girl. Hey, yeah. Girl. And you know what? It's funny, though. I actually am I'm fine with girl because I find it kind of be cultural. Like I say to some of my guy friends, like, girl, like, you know what I mean? But for example, for me, the word lady, like I don't really identify with that. Like, I don't feel like a lady. You know, I'm definitely 
a biological female, but I've never, like, I don't identify with really, like, what what would you call it? Like, really? Well, a lady, when you think of a lady, you think of, you know, very femme. Yeah, just, just, just that term doesn't doesn't resonate. La dama. Think of la dama from Loteria. It doesn't resonate with me. And it's been, and it for so long, people would, you know, hey, lady, hey, lady. And it's like, why is this bugging me? Because I don't identify with that term. And so it's just having, you know, just checking with people, just not assuming that you know how they identify. And it's just better if we can just call people by their names or ask people what they, how they want to be called. There's that or, or avoiding both. <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's the, the reason why, cause I used to be like, oh, I knew like, okay, don't say, Hey guys, because some people don't like to be that. And so I started, I would had a group of colleagues. We were all women. So be like, Hey ladies, or like, you know, whatever. But then I realized, no, you know what? That's just as bad because, again, we're gendering and we don't yeah, need you, to. And this is a and professional you're, setting. Gendering and you're, you're assuming that all of, because that someone looks a certain way that they, um, you know, feel, they, they identify with this yeah. term. So avoid any assumptions, avoid any nuance by just avoiding gendered language as much as you can. As much as, <laughs> as, much as you can and definitely, you know, which is why I'm really appreciating this increased use of, um, asking people for, the, for their pronouns. And I know yes. that may be, that may feel silly to a lot of people. And I've had like a friend be like, oh, what's, what's up with like everyone saying their pronouns and just check yourself. Why is it that that bothers you? Because shouldn't you want to call someone with how they want to be called? If, if you have an issue with that, then I, you have to check yourself and see what, what is it about that? Because wouldn't you want to, you want to be called whatever you want to be called. You wouldn't want to be called a, a he, if you, if you identified as a she, right? So why? Yeah. And also I think people forget or, or not that they don't forget. I think they may not be aware that the whole um, movement towards identifying pronouns was something that I have in all of my e-signatures, for example, even though it's not about me. It's actually not about me. It's, exactly. It's, it's about, that's, that's, it, a, that's about, the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. signaling. Right. Hey, I'm signaling right. world that this is an inclusive work culture right. and that I am I'm inclusive of all these genders. So that's right. what it means. People, I'm, I'm letting you all know listeners, not because I'm being a wakosa, but because I, people literally didn't know that that's why, oh, that's why I have to put my pronouns, even though I know what my pronouns are. It is to signal to others that you, you are in a part of an inclusive Right. That you're being mindful of that as well. So yeah, just check yourself because it's, if you have an issue with it, it's probably because you're making it about you when it's not about you. It's about others. Mm -hmm. So I have a matraca and you can decide if you want to co-sign or if you have something different. My matraca is when, when a friend suddenly cancels. (laughs) So uh, this is, let's say you have plans and you're like, oh fuck, I'm actually really tired. And then your friend cancels and it's just like a little gift to you. It is a little gift. It's a blessing for free time. And if you have this free time, what you should do is watch Hentified on Netflix or Party of Five on Hulu. These are two Latino-centered shows, more specifically a lot of Mexican characters, which is important, as I've said before, because we, while we need a lot of Latino representation, I think it's also important to be representative of the demographics, and there's a shit lot of Mexicans. So, anyways, watch those shows, support them. Even if you don't even really like it, just fucking play it. Let it play. We got to support each other. So, yes, that is agree. My, I'll co sign on that. I'll co sign on canceling. that. Matraca, yeah. <laughs> oh, play I, it, play it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm really failing with the matraca today. <laughs> And then I also have one. another another uh, mm-hmm. matraca that I want to co-sign. And so get your matraca ready. I'm ready. And it's for uh, Michelle Andrade, who's editing the podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope you all like this episode. Stay tuned and follow us on all of our socials because we will have we will have more details to share about the upcoming storytelling workshop. Yes. All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. 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 
Tamarindo Podcast is independently produced by Ana Sheila Victorino and Brenda Gonzalez. Jeff DeVoe provides original music and sound engineering, and Michelle Andrade provides editing and production support. Follow us on Instagram at Tamarindo Podcast and at Twitter at Tamarindo Cast. And if you like the show, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.